0: Welcome to Leadership Reimagined. I'm Dr. Jane Lovis, your host. During each episode of Leadership Reimagined, we take a look at leadership from the vantage point of what it's going to take for leaders to lead their organizations forward into a new future. And in this episode, we're creating that new future. Today, I'd like to introduce Dr. Brian Laskin, Brian is the founder and CEO of Opera DDS, Opera VR, and Upgrade Dental, and the co-founder of Tooth Apps and host of the Operatory Podcast. Dr. Laskin also serves as the Chief Innovation Officer of Dental Care Alliance, leveraging technology and innovation for one of the largest and most progressive dental support organizations in the United States. Brian and I are going to discuss reimagining the role of dentists in expanding the definition of what quality of health care means. And I know that whenever I talk about expanding, leadership has to come with it. So please join me in welcoming Dr. Brian Laskin.
1: Thank you. And thanks for having me. And thanks for the uh, very nice introduction. I appreciate that.
0: You're welcome, uh, and you know I really like that that expanding, you know, expanding what something means, you know, um, and so so patient care, not just from the from the technical side of the work that dentists do, but how do you take care of people,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's that's really important in any organization but let's we'll talk about it from from your experience and then we'll you know expand it out into other other experiences
1: wonderful thank you yeah and i this is something that i've been thinking about my entire career Uh, i've been a dentist for 20 years and and particularly been highlighted on some of the technology that i've been working on and I think that dentistry is sort of the perfect use case for exactly what you mentioned, which is leveraging, uh, expanding the quality of care from a healthcare provider's perspective. Uh, and the, and the reason why is that dentists and healthcare professionals in general are, we typically go into the profession because we want to help people, right? And so they're caring individuals. And, and it's sort of what I see as a disconnect between the way that healthcare providers View care and patient's view care is not anybody's fault. It's a circumstance of what it takes to deliver a high quality care experience. So dentistry being what I think is the, is the sort of the pinnacle example of this. Uh, we work in microns, you know, there's shade matching. We work on some of the most anxious people in healthcare, right? I mean, people don't say they hate going to the ENT. They say they hate going to the dentist. Right? There's joke, you know, the, all the jokes and everything. So, and we live in a, we live in a world where 50% of the adults in the US don't see a dentist regularly. 22% of dental treatment is either delayed or never done because of dental anxiety. And so what I would, what I'm proposing is that if we truly, if our goal is to elevate people's health, we can't do that. If they're freaked out to come in, right? If, and if they're scared, uh, and so we need to expand our definition of care beyond the clinical delivery of care to include conveniences that seemingly from a dentist perspective, from a healthcare professional's perspective is, is an annoyance or an inconvenience for us to be able to actually meet people where they are. And, uh, you know, when, when you work in a, in a field where it's so exacting, Uh, on anxious people it becomes very hard to deliver a high quality of care if you actually are empathetic and absorb people's stress because you're going to be worse at performing the job and that's really the the core the kernel the the seed that gets planted in the disconnect i believe between clinicians and patients because for us to perform at the highest level we have to desensitize to people's feelings and so it seems that we don't care but it's really trying to perform the clinical aspects of the job at the highest level and so but you know if you take a step back you go we're, what we're really doing is 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 driving a wedge between patients and caregivers which which is uh un it's in nobody's best interest
0: right thinking of that of the you know fortunately i am not in that in that population of people that hate dentists. Um,
1: I, would, I wouldn't hold against you if you were.
0: <laughs> I, and, and I know a number of people that do. Mm-hmm. And actually what you're pointing out is oftentimes kind of at the root of it. Cause there's the sense that the dentist doesn't care. They're, they're careful to take care of the teeth, you know, so they're doing the, the job, but there's a piece, as you said, a piece missing. And, you know, I'm going to just broaden this real quick for everyone in leadership. There's often, even with people, when we're leading, when we're leaders of a team or, there's oftentimes that disconnect. It's like, we're so focused on getting the job done That we forget that the job requires real people either to be the patient or to do the work. And how do we, how do we then get in touch, acknowledge that real person that's there and what did they, and what they need?
1: I, I love the way you expanded it beyond healthcare into leadership because you're exactly right. There's a tension between results and people. Mm-hmm. And and they, sometimes they fit together, but sometimes you can't get the results without the people or you can't get the people without the results. It, 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 it's it's this sort of balance that you have. And, and I believe that, the, you know, like G.I. Joe says, knowing is half the battle, right? So right. When, once you know what the issue is, right, you can deal with it. But I, but not, but I think so many people are unaware, right, to, to get the results. That they want, they're just pounding on the results, which means they're just like they're actually going away from their goal because they're because because people aren't going to come along for that ride, right? right? And it's the it's the same. It that I I agree with you. That's that's an expanded version of it. And I and I think dentistry is almost like the perfect use case because eighty percent of adults have some type of dental anxiety, and we're performing these microsurgeries on people that are freaked out. So we we have to kind of tune everything else out to be able to perform you know, as much perfection as we can.
0: Right. And so, so how do you expand? Because there's the time, absolutely, when, when you're, when you're actually in the mouth working, there's a time for real exactness in what you're doing and real focus. And, and so then stepping out of that, looking at, okay, where else, how do we expand the care, the care that we give the patients outside of that piece?
1: Yeah, I think that the answer is, you know, A, recognizing it, like like we talked about. But also, uh, I like to look at the difference between empathy and compassion. You know, empathy is absorbing somebody else's stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and that is debilitating, right? Right. Whereas compassion is, is recognizing the other person's stress, but not absorbing it. So you can respond sort of Im, not emotionally unemotionally. Um, and that's true whether we're talking about results in people or then performing dentistry on a patient that has a lot of anxiety. It's really being able to, once you recognize what the, what's going on, to being able to dispassionately react to it in the most appropriate fashion. And you know, in the case of dentistry, that means doing some convenient things like having coffee in your reception area when you can't you know when you can have a reception area right to you know giving people some type of control because a lot of it comes down to being a control issue in dentistry, being in a vulnerable position um, and so try to remove that vulnerability but I, I can tell you being on the other side of the chair. That there's just as much frustration from dentists about patients and the way that they respond to us as there is. It's like the side, and if you know, the answer is not going to come from the patient side. Let's it, be real, exact, right? It's, it, it's yeah, not going to come you. from the. It's not going to come from the employee side. It's going to come from the leader side. And so, if you really want to get the results that you're looking for, you have to be rise above it, yeah. recognize it, and dispassionately react unemotionally to it so that you can get the results you're looking for. It doesn't have to be altruistic. You can, you can be still driving for results,
0: but you have to do
1: it in a way that you can bring people, meet people where they are.
0: Yeah. And I know that oftentimes in all places of leadership, there's oftentimes missing an acknowledgement of what the person, the patient, the employee, what they're going through. It's not like you said, it's, it's not being empathetic and taking it on it's just acknowledging that this is a stressful situation for you i get i you know i understand that that and we're here to do whatever we can to reduce that so often the minute we get something said it begins to disappear mm. you know it's the same thing with leaders and leading their team you know i real i i get that you're frustrated and that this is a really short deadline that's what we've got to deal with we've got a client you know whatever whatever so that there's some so that it's not just being dropped on people
1: yeah i agree completely and you know uh sort of a example from my own life where where this would come from leading a team is i was having very, some very frustrating experiences with team members uh similar to what we're talking about and then then i was able to kind of take a step back and figure out uh, how can i actually affect positive change here on my own behalf and what i realized was that the i'm not i am a results oriented person i'm not a people person right and and i was working with some people people right and <laughs> and specifically some people who like to chat like like just have conversations about you know what I would think as superfluous conversations right but I made a conscious effort to have those conversations with those people about you know your weekend and your kids and your cats and whatever whatever uh not for me but to get the results I wanted
0: and I and, and and
1: I for me, that was the difficult part, was having the conversation that normal functioning human beings have with each other. Because to me, it was slowing me down in my work day, right? However, it was vitally important to get the results I was looking for, right? And it was one of those things that, that I just kind of uh, thought I'd give it a try. And it was so much more like A, rewarding, and B, uh, so much easier to get the results I was looking for by, by sort of looking at it from the other person's point of view and doing what was not really natural to me, but what, what would, would kind of meet them where they are. So mm-hmm. that's a not sort of a non-dental version of the same thing, but in dentistry, it's like under a microscope.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's like you said, it's meeting them where they are. And you take that little bit of time and you know, in um, race car drivers have a, have a saying about going into the c- curve, slow down to go faster. You don't accelerate as you're going into the curve. You slow down. And as soon as you start coming out, that's when you put the, you know, put the gas on. And so you spend that little bit of time, which when you're in the midst of it, probably seemed like, oh, this is like going on forever. And maybe it's 15 minutes and then you get hours worth of results and faster than, the frustration of trying to get it done. hundred percent. Yes.
1: Yes. And I mean, I, and, and, you know, being a dentist, being a, a doctor, you're in a leadership position by nature, right? Mm-hmm. Some jobs you just can't get out of it. Or if you do, you're, you're not doing your job effectively. Right. And, and, and so, and I think that that's, you know, some people, uh, as, as, I, uh, as I hope you'll agree, like almost everybody's in some type of leadership role, but, but they don't view themselves as leaders. And in fact, doctors on a care team don't view themselves as leaders oftentimes. And, and that's, that's, that's in and of itself an issue that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Because just by nature of being in that role, you have, you have to be the person that can rise above you know, which is kind of what I would view as a leader, the person that can kind of like, you know, one of the roles of someone who's going to lead others is to be able to to do the things that the other people that you're leading wouldn't be willing to do. Right. And right. and and uh, and that's, you know, if you're going to be a doctor, if you're going to be a caregiver uh, for a patient, you're in a leadership role.
0: Yeah. And so so I'll share one of the definitions that I use in a lot of my work for for leadership is the act of enrolling and empowering others to accomplish the results. So, which one gives you as the leader, if you have five people on your team, you can now accomplish five times as much than you could if you were trying to do all of it themselves. Um, And, you know, in, in medicine, even a doctor that may not be like the CEO of a practice, has staff, nurses, um, medical support staff. And the goal is patient care.
1: If you're working on sedated patients without a team, then maybe you can get, a, get away with it. But if, you have, if there's another human that's, a, that's conscious in the room, you're in a leadership position based exactly. on your definition, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. and by supporting them and helping you meet your accomplishments, you know, meet your goals, there's always an assumption that people are in jobs because somehow they want to do the job. So empowering them, and if they know what the goal is, then that's part of their job too. So empowering them to do that, to accomplish that, that's one of the the most important things for a leader to do because then you get that buy-in.
1: Absolutely, and it, you know one of the reasons why I absolutely love dentistry. Is that it's it's one of the fields you know there's many others I'm sure but there's a lot that aren't this way but it's one of the fields where I believe strongly that almost everybody's interests are aligned right mm. uh, when dentists are performing the best when team members are performing the best when patients are getting the care they need everybody wins you know you could there's there's might be some third party payer stuff that doesn't that might not align with that right but 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 even that's minimized in dentistry versus broader healthcare yeah. but that's what, what I love about dentistry is that uh, it's everybody when it's done right, everybody wins. And so you don't have these competing goals most of the time, right and and that should provide uh, a relatively easy way to get everybody in alignment going the same you know rolling in the same direction. however, you know, we just have all that really needs to be done is to to not just look at at everything from your perspective, but to look at it from everybody else in the room's right. perspective, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, that taking that broad, wide view of how and and really being clear and sharing how everybody fits in the picture, because you wouldn't have a practice without the patients, and you couldn't, you know serve the patients that you pay, you have without, um, or you'd have a very small practice mm. if you didn't have support staff. So everybody is very critical and for them to, to really see and be empowered in their part of that. Yeah. It's very critical. And other than your technical skills as a dentist, your skill as a leadership, that's one of the most important things.
1: 100%, but it's not focused on in the industry much at all, be, because uh, historically, dentistry was incredibly difficult to do at a high level. I mean, uh, even when I got out of dental school, but the but the, but the advancements that have been made, uh, I believe that the technical requirements to be a good dentist, maybe not great, but a good dentist today, to actually you know perform the job at a relatively high level, meaning uh, where you have a high level of success, where patients are happy with the work. It really isn't nearly as technical as it used to be, I believe. Uh, but we still have the, the way dentists are trained. It's like military boot camp, you know, perfectionism is driven into you. Even if, if you didn't go into dental school, perfectionists, you certainly will come out one, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and that's, it's probably good because, it, because we want to provide the best quality care available. However, I think it is today we need to expand it because the biggest problem isn't our quality of care in dentistry. The biggest problem we have is that we aren't, we, most people are afraid to get the services that we can deliver at a high level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the technical quality of care is covered, you know, through medical school and continuing education and everything there. And You know, what would open up for dentists if they were known as the caring dentists?
1: Or as an industry.
0: industry.
1: We weren't like the laughing stock of the dental community. If we, you know, which, which, uh, you know, I say that uh, jokingly, but, but it is kind of true, right? I mean, you know, people, a lot of people equate dentistry with pain and, Mm -hmm. and there's been so much advancement in dentistry that there should be no pain, uh, associated with the vast, 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 vast. We're talking 99% of dental care. Uh, the, but the problem is, is that people come in so anxious expecting to feel things that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's on, the role is on us, I believe, to unwind that so mm-hmm. that people aren't anxious coming in. And, and if we did that, it, everybody would be, it would serve everybody much more than, you know, achieving a material that has a hundred more megapascals of structural structural strength, you know, or, or flex or flexural strength, you know, I mean, there's, which is the stuff that we as an industry typically focus on, you know, shade matching and all these things, which are, which are vitally important. But if we would just expand it a little bit so that, that, uh that we would attract people, more people in, let them know that we're not going to lecture you when you come into our office about like, you haven't been to the dentist for twenty years. What's wrong with you? I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a major fear that people have, and and, and we propagated that right uh, as mm-hmm. at, in the industry, and we can unwind it. And if we did, I think that I don't think there's a bigger opportunity to help people's oral health, to help people in general. I think I think I think it's true in healthcare in general. Like you're saying, it's probably very true in leadership in general. Um, but I think dentistry is a good focus group of this because you know you can't watch a sitcom for a couple days and, and not hear joke about, it's like, about yeah so if exactly. you
0: were to like and we'll let this be around for dentists and then you know we'll we'll also um tag this episode for dentists and you can share it with your you know your group if you had to 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 say okay if a dentist Okay, I'm willing to think about it. What should I do? What are like two or three first places to start looking and think about?
1: Yeah, great question. Uh, it's, I believe that there's a wave in general, you know, not, just, now, now I took it more general as, as you're asking me about dentistry, but, but I, I think it's true of, of convenience, right? And that, that is broader than dentistry. It's broader than healthcare. People, you know, you can order a car a spouse or a coffee coffee cup from from, from online within an hour right? right so so uh everything has is, is affected by that so in dentistry that means uh having your all of your intake forms and product, like the digital experience uh has to be frictionless uh you know i just read a study that after the shutdown that like 50% of patients are switching medical providers because of the a poor digital experience, like if they have a poor digital experience, they have to go to a different practice. Well, that massively affects everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, in dentistry specifically, I'm a big fan of doing what's called same day services. If you come into my practice and you have an issue, we should do everything we can to get taken care of today, because you know it's inconvenient to have to come back. A, but also. If you wait on it, it's going to build anxiety over time. So if I, if I tell you, you need to have something done and then we do it, way less anxiety, right? Um, and so anxious people will want you to have it done today. And that, that again is, uh, is, is, is a more broad topic and you know, that you can apply that to every industry. Right. Uh, and then the third one, I would kind of mirror what you were saying. I think just focusing on your career as you being a leader. A leader to your patients, leader to your team members, uh, you know, listening to listening to your podcasts and in you, and, and your work. Uh, if you don't have the leadership skills, which many dentists haven't gone to develop those because they didn't view themselves as a leader, I would say that uh, there's probably nothing more you can do before your career because then what you're doing, as you said, you're basically helping other people reach their potential to help you uh, achieve the results you're looking for. And so. Those are my those are the things that float to the top of my head
0: thank you yeah and i'll just throw one out in that i think the intake process which is a play real place for leadership because it comes from the dentist down to the receptionist or whomever is doing the intake and that that the helpfulness And the support that that person provides is very critical. And again, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not, you know, I do not have a lot of those anxieties around, around dentists. And it's still, when I go into my, to the dentist, to be known and recognized and valued and appreciated by this, all the staff. Um, I do remember one dentist um, going in there and it was like you were a number, you know? Yep. And part of that, you, know, you only come every six months, but still when you've been to the same dentist for a couple of years, you know, there's some, there's some time in there. And that's one of the things that that I really appreciate about the dentist i I've got now and um so making the patient feel important is is and valued is one that I'll add to that. Anything else, any last comments?
1: Well, I, I guess, I, you know, I, I very much appreciate your perspective on this. I, I agree completely. You know, a lot of the things that that we're talking about in dentistry, I think, are appropriate for uh, broader context. For example, what you just talked about now with the appreciation, appreciating your customers, your patients uh, is huge. And then on the front end, you mentioned like the, the intake of a new patient. That's about one major goal that every leader every business needs and that's trust right mm-hmm. and in dentistry because there's such a there's such a vulnerability trust is such a huge factor and it, you know uh trust is like a you know like reputation you can you have to build it over time but it can be lost like that and so being on top, on your toes all of the time to make sure that people feel appreciated and uh, that you're building trust is yeah
0: is that's key. great well, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate this, Brian. I really had a great time and I hope it's been beneficial for you too.
1: Yeah, it's been great. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on Leadership Reimagine. Now is the time to reimagine your leadership. Take a minute and go to reimagineyourleadership.com and I'll call you. We'll have powerful conversations. You'll take action. Yes, there are always actions to take. Your business will expand, and I guarantee you'll have fun at the same time. I know, shouldn't it be fun? If it's not fun, why are you doing it?